the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. And people from all over the world traveled to Pergamos to go to those temples seeking something. Spiritually hungry. And these, this little group of Christians there, they, they had the truth. And Jesus says, I know where you live, where Satan's throne is. I know how difficult it is for you. I know what you're up against there in Pergamos every day. In the ancient world, and even today, people are looking for something more. Once they realize that the things of this world won't satisfy, they go on a spiritual journey. People came to the city of Pergamos in searching because of all the temples. In today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing with us the same encouragement that the church in Pergamos had. They held fast to the truth and were able to share that truth with people even under intense pressure. There was a spiritual battle that they were fighting. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So for you to, to get admitted into this temple, they had to be pretty certain that you were going to recover and live. If you were accepted as a patient, they would take you into this large room called a dormitorium. And this dormitorium was filled with non-poisonous snakes. So they would take you into this dormitorium that was filled with snakes. And they would give you this drug-laced concoction to drink. And you would drink this drink, and then you would lay down in this dormitorium with all these snakes slithering around you. (laughs) I don't like going to the doctor now, right? I'll be okay, you know. But it was believed as you're laying there on the ground, doped up, and these snakes are slithering around you, if a snake happens to slither onto you, that that was the snake god's way of saying he was going to heal you. So then once the snakes slithered on you, then they would take you in for treatment. Now, here's, here's how they treated people. You ready for this? This was the treatment to heal sick people. They would make you drink spring water, natural spring water, and eat fresh fruits and vegetables. They would make you do light exercise, take a mud bath, get a massage. And here's the best part. You had to attend a play at the local theater. Huh. That's a nice time. And then once a patient was healed, feeling better, uh, the temple priest would then inscribe that patient's name on a large white stone in front of the temple. And they had many of these white stones out in front of the temple as a testimony to everyone that their God heals. 
So, you know, you're traveling from somewhere in the world. You've got this sickness. You come to this temple. You're hoping that this God heals you. And, of course, you, you approach the temple. And there's all these white stones with all the names of people that were healed by this God. And, wow, this God really does it. There in Pergamos, among the archaeological ruins, there are still some of these white stones that are standing there. It's all a counterfeit. And you've got this little group of believers that are meeting in a living room. We're trying to tell the people in that city where Satan dwells, where his throne is. This is all a counterfeit. We know the one true God who does heal. We know the one true God who does take away your sins by his blood. You're believing a lie. You're being deceived. It's a counterfeit. And people from all over the world traveled to Pergamos to go to those temples seeking something, spiritually hungry. And these, this little group of Christians there, they, they had the truth. And Jesus says, I know where you live, where Satan's throne is. I know how difficult it is for you. I know what you're up against there in Pergamos every day. And listen to me, listen to me. Give me your attention. Jesus knows where you live. He knows what you're going through. You know, some of you I know without knowing you, I know some of you are going through stuff. And he knows what you're going through. Maybe you're in a very toxic family relationship or maybe a toxic environment at work or whatever it may be. He knows. He knows how hard it is. He knows how dark it is. He knows how difficult it is for you. He knows that. Look at verse 13 again. Jesus commends them. He says, you're there in Pergamos. I know where you live. I know how dark it is. I know Satan's there. And I know how deceived the people are. And Jesus says, but you hold fast to my name. And you did not deny my faith. Despite the fact that you live in such a difficult city. They held fast to Jesus. They held fast to their faith. And Jesus, they didn't deny him. They didn't deny his teachings. They stood up for the truth in the face of darkness and deception. And again, imagine they're just they're meeting in a living room. You know, these huge temples, the temple to Zeus was one of the wonders of the ancient world. It said that you could see it from 50 miles away. And they're going up to people and saying, this is a lie. You're being deceived. Jesus is the one true God. Jesus, well, where's his temple? Well, well, we're the temple of the living God. He dwells in in us. You don't have a big marble building? No, it's it's just us. We we meet in a living room down the road here if you want to join us. I, I know what you're up against, Jesus says. And as hard as it is, as difficult as it is, Jesus says, you've held fast. You haven't denied me. Even denied my teaching. He says, even when Antipas was killed, their pastor, their leader, even then they didn't back down. He calls Antipas my faithful martyr. What a title to be given from Jesus. This is my faithful martyr. You know, the word martyr, it just means witness. Antipas was a faithful witness for Jesus, even in the face of death. He didn't back down. You know, the name Antipas means against all. I like that. And then in verse 14, Jesus reproves the believers in Pergamos. He he says in verse 14, But I have a few things against you. 
Because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. The first thing I want you to note here is that their difficult environment was no excuse for what they were doing wrong. Their difficult environment was no excuse for what they were doing wrong. Jesus didn't just give them a pass because they were living where Satan dwelt, right? Uh, he didn't say, well, I realize it's really hard living there. Satan's throne's there, so you know, I'll just overlook the things that you're doing wrong. Uh, that was no excuse for them. Sometimes people, even Christians, will make excuses for their wrong behavior. And they'll try to justify their sin because of their circumstances. Because they might be in very difficult circumstances, and so they try to uh, justify their behavior or excuse their behavior. And what we see here is Jesus doesn't allow that. He doesn't give us a pass just because things are hard. He still expects us to live according to his word. And Jesus here, he reproves them for two things. The first thing he reproves them for is because they have accepted into that church those who hold to the doctrine of Balaam. Now, the story of Balaam is found in Numbers chapters 22 to 24 and also Numbers chapter 31. So I'm just going to tell you what the doctrine of Balaam was, what Balaam taught Balak to do. The doctrine of Balaam was the introduction of sexual immorality and idolatry among the children of Israel. Essentially, he told Balak, you know, God's never going to curse the children of Israel. They're his people. He's, that's just not how God is. He doesn't curse his children. But if you could get God's people to engage in sexual immorality and idolatry and, and turn away from God, well, then they'll come out from under God's blessing and under God's grace at that point. And so that's what he told them to do. And Jesus here, he reproves the church in Pergamos because there were those in the church who were sexually immoral and idolatrous. It was a compromised church. So on one hand, they are holding up the name of Jesus in a very dark place. And on the other hand, there were people in that church who were engaged in sexual immorality, what, what the Bible defines as sexual immorality, and idolatry. They were compromised. The morality of Pergamos, the world, had come into the church, and instead of standing against it, they embraced it, and they allowed it, and they accepted it into the church. It's happening a lot in the church today in the United States. In a lot of ways, the, the Christians in Pergamos were like the Christians in Corinth. If you're familiar with the letter to the Corinthians, they also accepted immorality and immoral living into the church. And when the Apostle Paul learned of the Corinthians' acceptance of sexual immorality in the church, Paul wrote to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, saying, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. I mean, you can feel Paul's shock and disbelief in his words. It's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. It's like he's saying, I can hardly believe what I've heard is happening in that church. 
And the believers in Corinth, they were proud of their acceptance of this sexually immoral person. But Paul says, you're, you're proud of yourselves for accepting this person, but you should instead mourn for this person. And he said, you should remove this person from the fellowship. He says, you should put him out of the church, ask them to, to leave the church. He says, you should turn him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his soul can be saved. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And then Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, I'll just read it to you. He says, I wrote to you in my previous epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters. It's interesting, sexual immorality and idolatry are almost always connected in the scriptures. Idolatry is the worship of something other than God. And when a person exalts sex and that becomes their God, it leads to sexual immorality. There's always a connection. It's a form of idolatry. He says that not to keep company with sexually immoral people of this world, since then you would need to go out of this world. And he says here, he says, when I wrote to you and said, don't keep company with sexually immoral people, I didn't mean the sexually immoral people in the world, because then you'd have to go out of the world because there's sexually immoral people all around us. You'd have to leave the planet. No, I, I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous, or an idolater, or a reviler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. Not even to eat with such a person. Paul says, no, you shouldn't keep company with a brother, a fellow Christian, a fellow believer, who is sexually immoral. And the reason that Paul says all of this to them, and has such a strong stance against this in the church, he goes on to say that, if you allow that person to remain in the church and participate in church life, he said, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. He said, their sin will affect the whole congregation. And that's the danger. There's a danger for the individual of the judgment of God because the Bible says the sexually immoral person will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So for that individual, there's danger. The sexually immoral person, there's the danger of judgment and hell. But then for the congregation, there's a danger as well that by accepting that immoral lifestyle, it's, it's going to harm the whole congregation. And Jesus, he reproved the Christians in Pergamos for just accepting sexual immorality and idolatry into the congregation. You know, they're getting some things right, man. They're, they're holding fast to Jesus. They're standing up for the truth in the face of great darkness. But at the same time in that congregation, there were people that were just living in sexual immorality and idolatry. 
And Jesus is saying, I have this against you. There's something that you, you need to deal with as a church. And listen to me. If you're a Christian here today, you name the name of Christ. The Bible says, let anyone who names the name of Christ depart from his iniquity. Leave it. And if you're here today and you're a Christian, you identify yourself as a follower of Christ, and you're sexually immoral in any way, you need to repent. You need to repent. Jesus asks you to repent. If you're here today and you are an idolater in any way, and what that means is you're putting things ahead of Jesus Christ in your life, you're looking to some counterfeit of the world for something that you're supposed to be getting from Jesus, you need to repent. And to repent means to simply change your mind about what you're doing and how you're living, your lifestyle, and then to change your behavior, to turn from it. You need to repent. And when we repent, the Bible tells us that the blood of Jesus Christ, it cleanses us from all of our sins. And if you are here today and you're caught up in any form of sexual immorality, any form of it, including pornography, and you repent of it, the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you of that sin. And then what you need to do after you repent is you need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and empower you so that you have the power to live a victorious life over that sin, so that it no longer is a stumbling block for you. That's what he calls you to do. So that's the first issue he has with this church. The second issue that Jesus has with this church is that there were those in the church who held to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And I want you to notice here that Jesus says, you have those and you have those. He's, he's not addressing those who are doing these things. He's addressing those in the church who allowed these things to continue in the church. He's saying to those in the church that are allowing it, you need to deal with this. You need to deal with those in the church that are doing these things. So that's what we're doing today. We're dealing with those in the church that do these things. What this refers to is uh, they wanted to create kind of a hierarchy in the church where there was kind of a separation between the clergy and the laity, or, or they wanted to reinstitute uh, the Old Testament priesthood, where people would go to the priest instead of going directly to Jesus and identifying more with a, a person, a priest, a leader, instead of identifying with Jesus. And look what Jesus says about this. Jesus says, I hate that. I hate that. How many times have you seen Jesus say hate? They hate something in the Bible. It's not very often. But he hates that. He hates that anyone would try to come between him and the people that he died for. He died on the cross so that we could be reconciled to God. When he died on the cross, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom so that we could now have direct access into a relationship with God. We don't have to go through another person anymore. And Jesus says, I hate that. Verse 16, Jesus says, repent or else. I could just stop right there, right? Repent or else. It doesn't really matter what Jesus says after that. But look what he says. Repent, turn from your sin, change your mind about the way you're living, and turn from it. Repent or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them within the church who are doing these things with the sword of my 
mouth. Jesus says to the church, to the believers in that church that are just allowing these things to continue in the body, he says to them, essentially, if you don't deal with these people, I will. And notice what he says here. He says, with the sword of my mouth, which we know is the word of God. And here's the thing. That word sword that Jesus uses here, it's not the word for a small dagger-like sword. Like in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. That's a different word there. That's speaking of like a big knife or a dagger, something that was used in close Close battle, hand-to-hand combat, where you can make a, you know, a precision incision on somebody. The word that Jesus uses here for sword is speaking of a big, long, powerful sword. Sometimes they were as much as five feet long. Think of you know, Conan the Barbarian kind of sword. That's the word that he uses here. This is the kind of sword that just creates you know, carnage. And Jesus says here, You deal with them in the church, and if you don't, I will come to deal with them. And if I come, I'm bringing my big sword. (laughs) And it's not going to be pretty. And listen, listen. You and I, you and I know people. You and I know people that were caught up in sin. And it was hidden away. And nobody knew about it. And then Jesus came in with his big sword and just hacked away and exposed that person. And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty how they got caught, how they got found out. It wasn't pretty the carnage that was left. So he's saying, you, you guys can deal with this. You can deal with this in a loving way with that person. You can go to those, those people and confront them about their sin, kind of one-on-one, Matthew 18, you know, and, and, and lovingly ask them to turn from their sins so they can remain part of the church. You can do this in a, in a private kind of way. But if you don't, I, I will come and I'll, I'll bring the big sword. And it's going to be a mess. But I'll deal with it. But it's going to be a mess. And it's going to wreck some lives if I have to deal with it. It's pretty serious stuff. And then he says, he who has an ear, let him hear. We've all got two ears, don't we? Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, not just Pergamos, but all churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. The Bible tells us in the Gospel of John that Jesus Christ is the true manna from heaven. And he says, if you do this, if you repent, if you turn from your sin and you deal with the sexual immorality, you deal with the idolatry, Jesus says, I will give you hidden manna. I'll I'll reveal myself to you in a way that that is hidden from all of those idol worshipers that are showing up in this town for the counterfeit that is offered here. And then he says, and I will give him, notice what it says, a white stone. Remember the white stone? I will give him a white stone and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Jesus says, I've got a white stone too. And if you deal with this, if you repent of this sin, if you get this right, I'll write your name on my white stone. And your life will be a testimony to me of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. 
of His power and His grace and His mercy and His forgiveness and His ability to heal someone of their sin. Listen, don't pass this day up. Don't pass this opportunity up to get this right. Allow the Lord to deal with you today if He needs to deal with you today. He asked me how I Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Revelation, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. You'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. Did you hear something today and wish you could hear it again for it to fully sink in? Well, we have just the thing. All of our messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for These Teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that you'll find interesting. Are you growing through this study in Revelation? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, Our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.